Regardless of gender, the key to success in life is creating meaningful relationships. You cannot reach financial freedom, become an Olympic gold medalist, have a loving family, solve any of the world's problems, or achieve your wildest dreams on your own. Doing anything requires creating a team and fostering important relationships that develop and support you along your journey. I have spoken to many successful entrepreneurs, athletes, inventors, designers, and writers. Regardless of the reputation, I have found that what lies beneath was a caring, empathetic, and insightful person. There was no way they could have accomplished what they did without empathy and insight. And certainly their success would not have lasted long if they did not have them. In fact, when we discussed their mistakes and darkest periods, inevitably what came up were regrets about selfishness, ego, aggressiveness, and refusal to listen to the feedback from the world around them and all of it driven by a fear of vulnerability. Contrary to what our culture tells us, invulnerability was a weakness that threatened their success, not a strength that supported their achievements. The obvious irony is that from a place of vulnerability, many new ways of existing in the world open up. Honesty, compassion, acting for the good of others and without ego, and the ability to heal from one's own wounds. As Dr. Brene Brown wrote, there is nothing weak about vulnerability. On the contrary, it, quote, sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. There are many things that our definition of masculinity inhibits, but the damage it does to our relationships and sense of self, and therefore to our chances of success in life, should be enough to make you reconsider the stereotypical definition of masculinity. For that reason, I am going to be making my case for removing the masks of masculinity for the most selfish of reasons. It will make you better make you happier, and make you more successful. The fact that these choices may ripple through the relationships, through your relationships, and the world as a whole in a positive way, that's just a bonus. All right, everybody, so that's that's part of the introduction of a book titled The The, The Mask of Masculinity, How Men Can Embrace Vulnerability, Create Strong Relationships, and Live Their Fullest Lives uh, by Lewis Howes. Originally, the first video I saw with Lewis Howes was, I believe, on Marie Forleo. Because uh, what what got me was uh, the fact he's talking about masculinity, tying it in with vulnerability. And I was like, man, okay. that It was interesting to me because Dr. Bernie, Am- Dr. Bernie Brown talked about, talks a lot. And a lot of her research is based on vulnerability and shame. And so... Main thing, main thing for me that tied me, that got me tied up with Dr. Bernie Brown was the f- matter of truth and trust and di- like making that your principle, making that a principle that you wanna uh, use as a guideline to then go about your day by day experiences, your day by day interactions with people, and then of course your friends and family as well. So that's what tied me up to that. So then I saw this video. I'll, I'll post all of, of course the videos on the show notes uh, via YouTube. Uh, but when I saw, when I saw that interview, I was like, man, that, that's very interesting. And then I saw, so I saw him with Marie Forleo and then I went, oh, then I went to his podcast, to his well, podcast slash, uh, we'll call it YouTube show with, uh, he interviewed also Dr. Brene Brown. And I was like, Jesus, it's like, it's like hearing the man version and the woman version of what Dr. Brene Brown has been studying and researching and 
revealing online via her TED Talk, via uh, all these videos that I have posted and I have actually talked about before. Uh, Dr. Bernie Brown, I, I did hit pretty strong. I'd say in October, uh, Brian got to be a part of those episodes uh, where I had discovered her. I'm like, man, this is, this is interesting. Because, it, it, again, my premise to, to going to adventuring further into Dr. Bernie Brown was the fact that she brought up trust. So then after Dr. Bernie Brown, then I'm like, man, like, of course, his, this book had just come out. Uh, is it earlier this year? Yeah, came out twenty earlier this year. I'm not sure exactly when, but it was early. It was soon enough because the uh, to me it looks still looks new as far as like um, like the ratings and whatnot, or not ratings, but just where it stands as far as uh, interest in the in the market. So for this book, he has multiple chapters he has one two three four five six seven eight nine he has nine chapters uh i'll just say them out loud because for me it was interesting the way they uh tie in and i'm i'm i'm, gonna, I'm only gonna go through one chapter titled the Invis invincible mask which is even it's not even the last it's not even the last one which i think the alpha mask which is the last one will probably, probably tie up all of them but for me i feel like the masks that i personally carry uh led even that even the quote-unquote alpha mask uh leads for me to the invincible mask so it's the stoic mask the athlete mask the material mask the sexual mask the aggressive mask the joker mask the invincible mask the know-it-all mask and then finally the alpha mask and since and also this is a book that i've been reading for this week just wrapping it up and uh i still have a little bit to go but it's essentially done. I mean, I think I have like 20 pages. I mean, that'll be easy. But again, when I was, as, as I've been reading through this book and I'm like, man, when I, when I read the first chapter of the Stoic Mask, I'm like, well, I've talked about Stoicism on the podcast. And it's like, because I've used it for, to, I mean, I, I felt like I used it to keep my, my own sanity, just to keep, you know, keep logical and make sure that not only getting the best possible outcome, but also making sure to enjoy my day, making sure to enjoy the present moment, not get too caught up in what's happened in the past and what's happened in the future, or what's to happen in the future. Of course, we can't tell the future, so all we can do is live now and try to mitigate and do our best, you know, day by day to then ensure, quote, you know, uh, the cliche, you know, a, a good future, you know, a promising future. So then, so again, you know, the stoic mask, I feel, was a strong one for me. The athlete mask, for sure. Um, and essentially, I feel like, or at least maybe before reading this book and this chapter, um, I do still promote athleticism because it helps relieve stress. And so that was that. The material mask, honestly, I feel like I've mitigated that better now. And because, I mean, honestly, my materials revolve around uh, books and things that I can use for, like, for the time being to learn and continue to expand. So that when I go out, I'm able to have good, healthy conversations, no matter what the topic is. And, and frankly, like I still have my, my little circle of topics, you know, leadership, business, finance, economics, um, military history, just because, I mean, that entices, you know, that encompasses uh, a lot of, uh, leaderships, may, uh, leadership skills, leadership, uh, qualities, uh, of course, starting with Jocko Willink and extreme ownership for me. But anyways, the, so that, so I feel like I've I feel like I've mitigated the material mask, the sexual mask as well. On I can be honest with that. I mean I don't mind being honest with that. As far as like, uh, you know, we all go through these periods, especially now with the way the internet works and everybody can 
make their own assumption of how the internet works, whether you're naive to it or whether you know what what what's available uh, for everybody. And it's it's crazy. I mean, I've, I've brought this up. I've brought not in depth, but even students as, as young as middle school, you know, getting uh, introduced to you know inappropriate videos and whatnot via internet. So that that so I feel like that one that one I could even you know that that's very low on on any type of a uh, hierarchy of of these chapters. The aggressive mask. Now, I am aggressive. I I have to say I am aggressive. People think I'm really calm, but it's because I do aggressive things. Whether it's jujitsu, whether it's a hard workout, a hard run until I you know essentially I can't breathe. You know I I I'm aggressive in that sense. And then when when and it's funny because for me like I feel like I honestly feel that whenever I do interactions with people and if, if I see them getting flushed, it's like, hey, like, rel- I, I say relax. Usually more times than not, it's like, calm down. Like, for one, what's bothering you? And then for two, you know, you're okay. Like, nothing, nothing you know, don't get a rise out of, I mean, I get it, especially if you're emotionally attached, which is, you know, goes back to stoicism. Um, but essentially, that's that that's my aggressive mask. And even now, like, I I, I go as hard as I can when I can. Uh, when it comes to working out and and that's and here I believe it is tied up a little bit as far as like you know being physically aggressive and like people's histories people's past that lead them to then want to maybe uh, in this case you know football whether it's football or like you know uh, UFC different things like that that people take out their aggression so that that one I do feel is a part of me Uh, the joker mask if you've ever talk to me in person and frankly uh, even here on the podcast uh my humor's usually pretty dry i try to be humorous like i i mean i in the, in the sense of like i'm so i'm still me but it's like i don't want you know i'm i'm not a, i'm not a machine and i'll bring i'm gonna bring that up in a bit when once i get into the chapter but the joker i feel like that's also very low as far as just my dna and my makeup the way the way i uh go about my day-to-day the Invincible Mask, again, that's the chapter I'm going to go over today. So I feel like that one entices, that one encompasses and in, uh, ties in for me at least all the all the masks that are very strong for uh, the way I am. The Know-It-All Mask, honestly, of course, I, th- I think we go, I mean, I, I feel like my cousin's going through that right now. He's 16, and I brought him up several times, and, you know, when we've had conversations, even this weekend, this past weekend, we've had multiple conversations and it, it, some some things not everything but some things i've had to really really break it down so that i can so he can realize like hey it's not always what you think it exactly looks like there's a lot sometimes there's more moving parts to this uh to this angle that we all want you know to achieve together uh, so as far as know it all mask it's it's for me it's mitigating i feel like i feel like it's in the middle for me because as much as i try to know or learn I always feel like I'm behind, so that's what that's what essentially pushes me to continue to learn and read and, and interact as best as I can to uh, develop. And then hopefully, my my hope is always that if I have a conversation with you in person, that we can or you can then go on and have a good whatever the conversation, but just face to face interaction, having a good conversation, like and getting out of it. Like you know, by the time you know it, thirty minutes has passed by or an hour passed by, and it's like, man, this this is you know. Thank you, and and that's usually what I say. I always say thank you for the conversation because uh, it feels for me at least I, I get I get my little I will, I'll say my little dopamine rush or my little high off of that, and I I do appreciate my face to face conversations. 
The Alpha Mask, I feel like I fall into that as well. Uh, I'm not going to bring up anything from that chapter just because I feel like Alpha, I, mean, we, we, I can go in, I'm, I feel like I'll go into that another day uh, when, when I get the guys back on, whether it's Brian and, and Gonzo or Eddie or anybody else. Um, I'm not really, uh, I'm playing this week to week. Next week we'll be in Nashville. So my goal is to get one episode in. If I can get two, that'd be great. And then we can go, well, we'll go from there. But anyways, Alpha Mask, I feel, uh, I, it, it's it rarely comes up in my mind. Usually I, I do revolve around the stoic, around the athlete, around the aggressiveness. Um, but those are my top three. And then from there would fall in the, the know-it-all mask, the alpha mask. And then after that, material, sexual, joker mask. Those are my like the lower three. Um, so as far as my way of thinking, it's like whatever others think of me. It's okay. It's all good. Um, I'm just trying to maneuver, but, you know, find solutions or find options. And then if not, you know, worst case or the worst case, which is a, which is a great case. I mean, the scenario for me is just have a conversation, learn more about somebody else and then go about my day. Um, so jumping right into the invincible mask at the beginning of this chapter, he talks about Travis Pastrana and and if you haven't heard about him, he's a, uh, I believe he's done like motocross. He's done extreme, a bunch of extreme sports. Uh, and, but then they get, they get into him breaking bones and ACLs, PCLs, LCLs, MCLs, and all, all his surgeries and different things that, he, that he's had to go through because of his stunts and the stuff he's done. And they, they even compare him in this, or Lewis compares him even, or I guess puts him aside, puts him next to Evil Knievel and what Evil Knievel did back in the day. Um. And then at some point, Travis has a family. He he. Uh, oh, Lewis interviewed him, but you know they get into like the fam family and and you know learning to mitigate risk because is at some point you know the physical body uh, doesn't react the same. Uh, the first part I'm going to read from this chapter is right after all this, like the information I just gave you. I had a chance to talk to Travis on my podcast, and for someone who seemed to treat death as an afterthought, he had actually thought quite a lot about it. In fact, it seems that from a very young age, he's been aware of his own mortality. As he told me in our interview, when you're 15, quote, when you're 15, and not to say that you're going to take huge risks, but you're going to say, okay, you know what? I might not make this, but if I do, it'll be, it's worth it. That attitude has created a bold and lucrative career. But it's also meant that he's never gone a single year without a significant injury. Travis also talked to me about friends who have died or friends who are living with life-altering injuries. As Travis put it about a friend who had been paralyzed, quote, when they lose their what their whole life has been about, their whole passion, what do you do when all you, when all you did your entire life was ride bikes and run and then you can't walk anymore, end quote. It was a question that hung in the air during our conversation. What happens to you when the feeling that nothing can go wrong goes away? And skipping ahead a little bit. But guys don't quit. Guys don't give in to fear. Guys push themselves a little past whatever is reasonable and safe. That's the lesson we're taught when we're young. Not only from our parents, but from watching famous people like Travis on TV. We want to be like those cool guys, so we try to do what they do, whether it's jumping off a off the roof into a pool, fooling around with drugs or guns or getting into fights. 
But at some point, when you start to wake up to some of these feelings, you start to realize that, hey, I'm not as young as I used to be. Or, hey, my body isn't supposed to feel like a used punching bag all the time. Or, more seriously, hey, the things I'm doing to myself affect more than just me. That part really got me into it because I have to say the month of November really tested my my vulnerability, my ex, my willingness to kind of go, uh, I, I don't want to say adventure, that's not the right word, but it, based on my readings, based on everything from Dr. Brene Brown, everything I brought up on the podcast, like, man, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically dive in and see what happens. And so my stoic mask took over. And then that really put a a halt into what I had had, quote-unquote, planned. And then after that, my my, stoic... I I call it stoic mind only because it's it's just... What I did was bring up a ton of questions and try to figure out, okay, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And essentially, it's not even stoicism because stoicism then will always end with you know living in the present and even then for me it was more of the rationalization of stoicism and so then i go through that and so events unfold and then i get i turn i turn on my athlete my athlete mask and i realize that the situation that i'm going through throughout the month of november is stronger than any workout i could do because i was going to the point of exhaustion i was working out for two or three weeks, I was working out three, four hours a day. Uh, that's on top of work. That's on top of music or anything else I had. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was like, man, I had, and for me, honestly, I had never been through this type of situation. And and I, it's it's personal to me. Just the, my 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 points here are um, masks and realizing that there are some things that are more important to me that no mask could. I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's fill the void, or or maybe cover the void. Just not not even feel it. Like it's there, and if you were to walk over, you're gonna fall into a hole. And that's essentially what happened. What I, or at least what I feel happened to me. And essentially, you know, taking your ownership, I realized where I needed to step aside and let things unfold on their own. And that's pretty much what I'm doing now. And it's funny because that was basically that. Honestly, sums up my month of November. Now we're in December. I've I've uh, come to the conclusion that okay, these are the reasons why it's my fault. It's not the worst thing. It's not the end of the world. And that's where the stoicism comes back. It's like, hey, live in the present, try your best, keep moving, and uh, not necessarily try to figure out a solution, but it's honest, honestly, honestly, as cliche as this sounds, is like live better. You know, uh, not think about it a little more, just think about it a little harder and, and live better. So that's what struck me as far as this beginning of the Invincible Mask. So moving on, uh, throughout this interview with Travis Pastrana, he brings up his friend Eric Rohner, who was killed in a skydiving accident. And here's something that he said about him. We lost Eric Rohner last year, which was really, really tough. You know, he's got two kids. He had slowed down so much, and he was just, he was our safety guy. He was a guy that came on that was like, okay, nope, this is too windy. And he would pull everyone back. And I have that guy. That mentality, someone that loved his family so much that would have done anything. You know, he was working so so many different things to stay in the industry. In the sport, 
and he dies on a skydive, not even a base jump. And that really took our whole community back to say, okay, you know, you warm up with a backflip in the morning, but you're still 40 feet off the ground with a 220-pound motorcycle over your head, you, you know. Make sure you turn on, turn the gas on. It's stupid. It's the stupid stuff. It's like it's every day to us, but nothing can be taken for granted. Even driving to work every day, every morning, you never know. And essentially, even before the month of November, because I, I, I said I, I, I let myself honestly be vulnerable in the month of November, and. And for me, I did think about it. I I even brought this up to Brian. We had dinner maybe a week ago or two weeks ago. And things were, like I said, things were unfolding. I was like, man, like, like what the hell? So it's like, what what do I do next? That's that's That was at the time when we had this dinner. That's what I was thinking. Like, what do I do next? Do I continue doing the things that I'm doing? Do I, do I not? Do I just stop cold turkey? I, I didn't know. Uh, one thing that I, that I, had in my mind even then before reading i didn't have i didn't have this book yet was this last part where he's or travis says it's the stupid stuff it's like it's every day to us but nothing can be taken for granted even driving to work every morning i honestly think about that and that that's one of my honesty things you know people at least from what i see and from what i hear and given social media and the climate that it is and the climate that it's created now people honestly do not realize what's going on until it's too late and when it comes to death and you know travis talking about his friend eric and you know accidents happen and that's that's the craziest thing is that accidents the key term is accidents accidents happen and that's i live like i don't now i don't live walking in eggshells there's a difference i feel like i do have a balance between that it's like okay well it's actually the opposite which is the stoicism it's like okay live in the present because there might be an accident what can I do right now that given an accident, did I do what I wanted to do today? Do I feel fulfilled? You know, do I have any regrets? And essentially that's what, that's what this has led me to, which I feel like so much relief because I'm like, man, I, I, where I thought, what am I going to get out of this? Like, I, well, this, this is what I learned was to take my, then my stoic, not, and I mean stoic mass, just the, just the, the real day-to-day concept of like, okay, I'm going to go see my friend Danny before work. I'm going to go early. Uh, if it's not busy, then we can have a conversation and then, you know, go about work. And it's like little things like that, you know, going, doing a little, not doing a little more, not doing more physically, just making an effort to have a good conversation to start the day or whatever that, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but just doing that a little more versus, um, killing myself, which I'm going to get into a little more in a, in a bit as we go through the chapter. But that was the main thing for me during this part is, you know, I'd like for people to start thinking about that. You even driving to work every morning, like, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? Are you texting the whole way? Um, you know, how much traffic is there? Are you swerving? Are you always in a rush? You know, different things to ponder on. This part is totally correlated with what I just said. So here we go. Moving back to the book. Talking about death, that's for wussies and sissies. Except Travis Pastrana is anything but. Ask any man, and they'd say Travis has punched his man card. He doesn't shy away from any challenge. And now, in conversations, he talks about his sense that life isn't endless and that some risks might not be worth, worth taking. 
What Chavis has done is take off his invisible invincible mask. He comes he he's come to terms with the fact that life go gives you only so many chances and that yes, you should take them, but no, you shouldn't press your luck, especially when luck, not skill or experience, is what will most likely determine success or failure, which in Travis's case could often mean life or death. Moving on in the book, Kevin Feige, I hope I pronounced that right, the president of Mar Marvel Studios, who knows a thing or two about superhero thinking, explains why. If you start thinking you're invincible, you start making bad decisions. He means that in business, in sports, in life, if you think there will never be consequences for your decisions, that you can just take risk after risk after risk, eventually you will attempt something that jeopardizes everything you've built. You've, you'll be reckless and dumb. If you think no one can touch you, just wait. Someone will, and it will be very painful. That one, again, for me, th going through this chapter particularly ties up for me all the masks that I do carry. And for different reasons, you know, I, I, like I said, all this has been just me figuring out why I do what I do and what, what my actions actually mean. And then trying to, you know, make them better or, you know, try to lower the usage of them. But again, that last little bit, you know, where, you know, if you think no one can touch you, which for me, honestly, ever since I, I, mean, I don't even know when, when that part started, but I, I knew I wasn't invincible, but my mind pushes me to, or maybe I, I and this is an interesting thing to ponder on, but okay, do I, is it my conscious and my mind messing with each other or how, you know, how does that work? Which is kind of, it, that's, that's even way deep in the weeds. I, I don't, I couldn't even continue that part of the conversation. Cause it's like, okay, I tell, if it's mind over matter, then, you know, and I don't want to sound too crazy, but you know, talking to myself to try to figure out, okay, why do I do what I do go through there? You know, I, I don't feel invincible, but yet, you know, I push myself to, such such extremes as far as you know exhaust you know working out to the point of exhaustion and different things like that anyways <clears throat> moving on lewis then goes into how he was affected by the invincible mask he, he said he started uh cheating on tests and I, i'm i'm assuming he was it's because he was told this that that's that's been my experience with students is usually if they say something it's because someone's told them that so if, if especially if it's a significant like a a brother sister mom or dad uh, in, in in Lewis's case, you know, he was a slow learner and even a worse test taker. So if possibly anybody told him that, that it, because someone that's supposed to love him tells him that, it must be true. And I've dealt with that, uh, with like I said, with students as well. And so he talked about how cheating in class and not, never getting caught turned into stealing. And eventually he got caught. And it happened to be one of his dad's. Uh, his dad was an insurance aid, agent and... They had gone over for a meeting, and he, and Lewis and his friend stole $25 to then get caught. And then, of course, they, Lewis's dad made him take ownership, which was interesting, take ownership of the situation because his friend had had confessed. And he didn't rat him out. He just confessed, like, yeah, we stole the money. And so uh, Lewis's dad made him return the money and apologize face-to-face, -face, not, not over, like, mail or anything like that. So moving on from that, 
here's just a quote that I wanted to read. You can't just ignore the things you're doing to yourself, to your loved ones, to your body, to your mind, to your reputation, and to your sanity, because they will catch up with you. And that's what I feel happened for me as well. Where at some point I just said, man, okay, it's my fault. I need to back off. And I wasn't sleeping and and all these other th- all these other things that essentially I realize I realize like man this is not healthy this is not healthy for what I'd like for the future and you know it's like so then so then what do you do it's like okay you gotta really re put things into perspective to um to get to get back I don't want to say I was off the path because I feel like all my thoughts and my processes at the moment are to at least stay within some boundaries. And I guess I was just pushing one side of the boundary and not the other. So I had to kind of reel it back and, and realize what was going on and realize, okay, what's the best option for now? In this very moment, what's the best option? And then I went about that decision. This next piece, which is it, it's right after that quote I just read. But what got me about it, it says, what guys want to acknowledge weakness and fear? It seems to me. This is the primary thread that runs through almost every mask in this book. If only men could just admit they're afraid or insecure or in pain or that they need help. Want to understand why athletes are afraid not to play while hurt or injured or why they think they can beat the the concussion protocol and keep going or why guys think that they can drag race on city streets and not get hurt or arrested. Why they think they, among all, alone among men, will not have anything go wrong the answers become clear under when you understand the power of the mental mask and for me and i i don't know if my current fear because my the only thing that scares me is the inability to retain information and continue learning um and of course i have some family history as far as Alzheimer's and stuff like that. So, but the main thing that triggered me, and I think I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, especially at the beginning of the, of this podcast in, in general was Dr. Rhonda Patrick on Joe Rogan. One of the episodes, uh, I'll have to find it, uh, talks about, you know, by the time you get to the age 20, by the time you get to age 25, your brain is essentially full mass, at full mass. That's the big, that's the biggest it'll ever get. And of course, at the time, I didn't know what that meant. And I, still, I still don't quite know what it means. But for me, the way I took it was that I I will stop retaining at by age twenty five. Like I will I will stop retaining as much as I as much as I would be able to before when I was younger. Um, so that then got me on the the book reading spree and and what I've what I've then what's led me to then this year and all all of, all the stuff that I've done uh, through my twenty five my twenty fifth year of being alive and now going to being twenty six. Um, just now uh that's been my main fear so i I don't know how that exactly correlates but it is a fear um as far as weakness um the only reason why i i maybe say it's a weakness is because uh the question for me as opposed to thinking what if what if what if i i have a constant rotation of uh, questions in my head that then thread out and branch out to different questions that eventually if I, if I, if I'm given enough time and I, I know this about myself now, um, because it's developing, but if I give myself enough time to, to write down questions, I'll, uh, I won't go in a circle. I will keep going and then get into like territories that have nothing to do with, okay, how do I solve this problem? So that's probably the weakness I get out of, out of this. And the fear is again, uh, 
what I got from Dr. Rhonda Patrick with not uh, with the brain, you know, stop gr- stopping growth at at a certain point, you know, usually usually around the age twenty five. And now to mitigate that, I've just been reading and reading and uh, and this year with a podcast, and then now right now in the fall, we're in December now, um, trying to have as strong conversations as possible. So continuing back to the book, in the book Men in Therapy, Richard Meth says the aggressive pursuit of power may produce prestige, authority, and money, but men rarely are aware of or even consider the negative consequences. External power frequently leads to self-neglect. And Lewis talks about how the self-neglect part hits him. And for me, I, I I think I'm I think I'm getting I'm not at my balance yet but I think I'm getting at my balance, uh, where because my again I and I I think I said pro- I've probably said this for the past four episodes but the airplane example put on your oxygen mask and then you can help others and then you know being selfish enough with your time that you want to give and be as selfless with the people you care about as much as possible. So, um, that part hit him for me the self neglect I feel like I feel like I was like that. You know, it was like, okay, what what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And even now, I still say, what can I do for you? But then, um, and essentially, maybe maybe for me, it was just more of making time, making time, like giving people my time, but then making time for myself and getting rid of that self neglect. I feel like the balance is still in the works, but um, I do I do try to do a lot of reading, a lot of conversations in in person. You know, even to the point of going to work early now and trying to get a conversation in before I actually get to, before we actually get to work. Um, so continuing back to the book, but what I've learned is that it isn't just physical invincibility or taking extreme risks that creates problems for men. I don't want to make it seem like this issue is isolated to people who do dangerous work. It isn't. It affects anyone who doesn't have a sense of their own frailty or mortality or even their basic health. If you push yourself past what is reasonable often enough and long enough, well, you might as well be chasing down tigers and base jumping off skyscrapers because your overwork can lead you to run the same risks. And that's where I fall in. That That's part of the main quote that I fall in, that, you know, uh, given November and circumstances, I would go to exhaustion and then, you know, lucky enough, I, I didn't have, I haven't had any injuries and and I, I can only I can only approve that because of all I've been doing for a long time. Not every day, not not more in the beginning. Uh, working on technique, you know, whether it's lunges, whether it's squats, whether it's correct form with uh, weightlifting, uh, body weight work. Um, really, 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 really honing in that that uh, that technique so to ensure I don't get hurt. Uh, and that's probably what's kept me from from injury. And make sure I stretch appropriately and whatnot. But again, you know, pushing to that point, and that for me, that's what it was. You know, the invincibility of my physical being, trying to mitig- then mitigate my my mind, and you know, it wasn't working. You know, I was my essentially like I'd go until my legs were shaking, and then that that was my signal to stop because I, I didn't feel anything. I wasn't hurting. I wasn't sore, but my legs were shaking. They were kind of like already giving out. There's so much uh, probably blood run, run pumping through them that it, I, I just use that as a sign to stop versus saying, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to stop or I can't breathe. Like, no, that, that rarely if ever happens now. So then he, he gets into Dan Harris, who is, who has been on uh, good morning, good morning America. And he had uh, a panic attack on the show 
And basically, it was from him, it was from overwork. It says, Dan had fallen victim to years of overwork. As a young, ambitious reporter with a type A personality, Dan had spent a lot of time in war zones. After 9-11, he told me, I went to Iraq six times, Pakistan, Afghanistan, the West Bank, Gaza, Israel, to cover the second Intifada. He returned from those experiences with PTSD, but his ambition and ego and his feeling of his own invincibility kept him from seeking professional help. And the main thing that, like, for this little section is the ego, you know, letting go of that. And, uh, and essentially what this, what this, what this chapter ties up is, is of course with the ego, but, uh, realizing that, Hey, there are limits and, and, and biggest thing I guess for males, according to the research, according to this book is, you know, asking for help, which even I've talked about, you know, that, uh, it's like, well, how do you do that? And, and people usually say, well, just ask for help. But yeah, but for me, it's like, I, I need, I need to step further than just ask for help. Like, what, what does that mean? I, I don't know what that means. And like I said, now I'm trying to work on it, you know, and essentially it, I'm, I'm thankful for having this podcast regardless because it's helped, uh, be, learn how to communicate at least better. It's not, it's not, it's nowhere near the best, but better. And then with the right questions, I'm able to ask for help and make sure I get whatever it is I'm thinking about, you know, fixed or help, you know, get my friends to help me, uh, think it through. And they're like, okay, guys, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's going on in my head. What do you think? What's your point of view? How do you guys see the situation? Then we can solve from there. Back to the book. By his own admission, these wounds were self-inflicted. He chose to take on assignment after assignment. He chose to become a workaholic. But it's the kind of thing that can creep on us, creep up on a, on any of us. We think we can just keep burning the candle at both ends because, well, nothing can stop us. And then we wonder why our friends and family have forgotten who we are. We can choose not to sleep and take pills and push ourselves to the breaking point. And then we wonder why we have a short temper and are tired all the time. We essentially turn ourselves into machines, going all the time without stopping. And then we wonder why even a short vacation is intolerable. The short vacation part is what got me for sure. That's what that, I think that's what I see out of uh, a lot of people that are, are working full-time versus something that I'm doing, which is working a bunch of part-time stuff and just, I'm kind of moving everywhere. Kind of keeps me sane as well. Uh, but the short, you know, every takes quote unquote mini vacations and whatnot. It's like, okay, cool. And then they come back Sunday or Monday and they're just, they're dreadful. It's like, man, well, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know how to I mean, fix that or, or help even talk about that. But, uh, there's something going on that is you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be miserable vacations to get away and maybe honestly maybe it's the social media thing maybe it's it's the it's the matter of fact of of when you're on vacation you're still on instagram and facebook versus leaving your phone at the hotel room and having one 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 cell phone for for legit emergencies and then going about that maybe that's a possibility but uh again you know tired all the time having a temper uh Burning the candle at both ends. I remember I had a, a musician friend in corporate when I was when I was going to school. I was working full time. I was going to school full time, and I was gigging. And so I mean, now you know, it's for me. I, I mean, I always say I'd do better with a thirty-six hour day because then I'd have time to sleep. And that's just a matter of fact. That's just where I was then. Now I I do a lot of work, but I feel like I, I do a lot of more work in less amount of time. So I'm able to have actually time to sleep, and I do and I do take naps. Like you know, today I woke up at four fifteen a.m., got my workout on. I by five thirty I was eating breakfast. And then I had work in the morning and then had a good conversation, you know, went about my day, got some more work done. Then I took a nap 
cool. Took a nap. Then I then I started prepping for for this episode, and now we're here doing this deal. But uh, definitely burning the candle at both ends. I believe it's possible. It's all about if I think if you want to do that or if you feel like you're doing that, you want to try to do more quality work in less amount of time, and then you know make sure you have your resting points too, because it's at some point your eyes will start uh, <laughs> you'll start seeing things with your eyes. So moving on, this book. Ooh, here's a here's a big one because I, I I've talked about about intuition and how I I use it I use I guess I don't necessarily use people's intuition but I I use their point of view as a, a way of of moving my intuition one way or the other. So here's something that Donald Schultz talks about. Uh, he's a photographer and filmer. I'm not gonna get too much detail, but uh, he talks about. Uh, Don, it says here, Donald takes risks, big risks. And this is what he says about intuition. Intuition is a huge thing that people have turned their minds and their backs on. If I don't feel something, I just walk away. There's no video that's worth my life. If I walk into a situation and things don't feel quite right, I'm like, okay, what is wrong? Is this me? Is it something? Is it someone else? Is it the situation? Why am I not feeling this? If I can't quantify it, I, I can just be like, I'm not doing it. I always think of things funnily enough from the point of view of testifying in court well your honor it seemed like a great idea at the time we're on the exit point it's windy and it's about to start raining but we've done a two-hour hike so we're so we were up here so we might as well try and jump because otherwise we have to hike back down in retrospect it's not even an option these perceived pressures are not real funny enough he talks about making a two-hour hike to make a jump to make it, it seems like he's talking about a base jump. And the reason why I n now minimally know about base jumping is because Andy Stump, retired Navy SEAL, was on Joe Rogan, yes or not yesterday, well, technically yesterday, but he was on Joe Rogan December 4th, which was Monday. You guys are listening to this on Thursday. So Andy Stump, he's a, he now does base jumping. He does extreme uh, skydiving. He's, I think he sets the whole, he has the record. Now, I don't know what's the world record, but he sets a record of uh, 18 point something miles, 18.1 or 18 point two miles of flight time and starting at, I think it was, I think it was, it was like negative 50 and it, like, it was cold, but anyways, back to this, as far as using intuition and Andy Stump talked about that too. He talks about, you know, like, Hey, now wins. And, and he says that a lot of people still jump because they would rather jump because it's like a 90 second, uh, jump versus a two hour hike back down or however long it takes to go back down. Um, but yeah, that's and now I can tie that to this. But my thing is the intuition. You know, uh, intuition is a huge thing that people have turned their minds and backs on. And for me, honestly, for whatever reason, I can and I can't even give you like, like a, a quantifiable reason. I just know that what I feel, and I kind of go with that feeling first, and then I and then I go and then and then I'll of course tie in extreme ownership. I tie in the principles that I've learned with. It's, uh, what's the why? What's the what? What are we trying to get out of this? You know, does this does this really? And in the case of artist artistry when i'm talking with eddie or any other band that i'm playing with and they're contemplating maybe the next move or they're contemplating the next song i say or a cover song it's like does it fit your mold you as an artist does it fit you as an artist and if, and if that's a strong yes then you run with it if, it, if it's like a, if it's even a maybe you can probably afford to leave it out to find a better cover song or whatever the, whatever the situation may be so that's that uh donald calls uh i guess the extreme shots he tries he tries to take uh kodak courage uh, quote I wanna I wanna read here. It says, "Ask yourself if you're doing something because you need to do it, or if you're doing it because you believe you're Superman, or that you can't get hurt, 
and their bragging rights are worth the risk. Uh, essentially, that's kind of what I just said as far as thinking about, okay, does this fit you? Truly, as a, as a person, as an individual, you know, even with all the risk mitigation, does it fit you? What what uh, what are you really trying to get out of this? Is it your ego? You want to prove you have some. You feel like you have something to prove versus staying safe and making a base jump. That's or in in, the, in this metaphor, you know, making a base jump that's probably a little bit safer. And and frankly, I mean, Andy Sum talks about like people. I mean, out of I don't know how many like fifteen people died. Just boom, they jumped and they died for whatever reason. And and it's ne- and he says he's never experienced a death of another person due to gear failure. So that was a big thing that I, that for sure we thought about. Or I, it made me think. It's like, man, you know, if, it, if the gear is 100, percent then there's something. You know, there's always something going on with the ego, and there's something with a trying have something to prove, which is what this uh, then this chapter is talking about. So continuing with the book. It's the other forms of invincibility that I worry about. The overworking, the invulnerability, the stuff that leads to the panic attacks that Dan had. When you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, beware. That weight can be crushing. Carrying that weight leads to heart attacks, to suicide, and to breakdowns. We are men. We are not machines. We have our limits physically, mentally, and emotionally. Ignoring them comes at great peril. Don't risk it. Don't ignore the warning signs that the dam may soon burst. If we refuse to accept that we are human, inevitably we will lose the what makes us human. The football coach Ray Rhodes has a famous quote. At one time, you think you're invincible. This just can't happen to you. But when it happens, the reality sets in that you either change or you die. You realize you've got only one life. And again, this is just the... You know, when you feel, this is from the book, when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, beware. Um, I know I've, I know I felt like that. And maybe you feel like that too, going through this book, you know, whether you're a, a male or female, it does not matter. I, 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 I feel like the emotional attachment of, of the weight of the world ties more to the females where the weight of the world on the men is having to prove and be a man and, and all these other things, which I, I get. I mean, obviously I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm a man myself. But then, you know, overworking and whatnot, which, which essentially, I mean, if I were to keep overworking, which I, which I, I've mitigated, I, I take a day off here. Like I realize, okay, today I need a day or, or maybe I'll change the workout and I'll do something different than I had planned. Cause it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not feeling this, which then that, that's where the tu- intuition comes in. But you know, that overworking and invulnerability, it's like, it, it's a real thing. And then he says here, you know, we are not machines and, uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing that like my brain still fights me on, uh, you know, and maybe it's me as far as like conscious, what I know is right and my intuition versus my mind and the, the science behind it of the fight or flight saying, no, no, you, you can do more or, or no run away. You know, that fight or flight uh, option that we essentially have for being human beings. That's just part of it. But then realizing, hey, no, you know what? You're not, you know, you're not going to you're you're actually going to live for not jumping versus jumping only to prove something and then you end up, you know, something catastrophic happens. Um, again, this, ah, this chapter is just so, for me, it was just very, very, it was a big one for me. It was a big one. Uh, and, and for me again, I, I, I get, I, I see these guys, you know, like Lewis and Dr. Bernie Brown, I hear them talk and there's something about them that I feel for lack of a better word, attracted to that. Okay. There's something here. There's something that they're talking about that I feel myself that I'd want to explore and, and essentially hopefully learn about myself, 
bring it to the podcast, bring it to my conversations in person, and hopefully then help others, you know, realize, okay, what's, what's keeping me from maybe achieving my biggest goals or, or if I'm complaining about this, why am I complaining about it? And what can I do to fix that? So in the final little section, all this, all the sections have a, what can we do right now? That's what it's, that little subheadings called. And essentially he has a, when you drop the mask, you have these qualities such as a fulfilled and healthy lifespan, deeper relationships, self-esteem, true courage, the permission to just be and not constantly do. That's a big one for me. And a sense of belonging. And then he has a section for like men and questions to ponder on, which I'll read right now. And then he has a section for women at the end of every chapter. He's, this is women. And I'll, I'll read it right now. But it, it's interesting enough that, you know, it, Women can read this book, and if, if in your case, if you're in a, if you guys are in a relationship, maybe you can go through this book together, uh, or, or if you want, you can go to like just go to a bookstore, get the book, take pictures of the men part and then the women part, and see how you guys can work through these things. But um, there's a lot of great stories, and he talks he, he talks from everyone. Like in this chapter, it was it was Travis Pastrana, Dan Harris, these people. But uh, he has Ray Lewis on here. He has Ty Lopez. He has a bunch of people that I've I've either brought up on the podcast before or um, have talked about in, you know, an actual conversation out in the, in the world. So the last section here says, men says the world doesn't revolve around you. There are people who love and care about you for who you are. So ask yourself these questions and write down the answers in a place where you will see them every day. What is valuable about me? What do I value about my life? What risky activities do I regularly, regularly engage in? What am I looking for in these activities? Can I get these things elsewhere in my life? If you are one of those guys who need extreme adrenaline to feel alive, you are missing out on the fact that you can create that energy in your life without risking your life. And from there, then he has some more questions. Just sit in front of, uh, oh, he talks about find a grave of someone who would be your age today if they were still alive. Sit in front of that tombstone and think, what are all the things they've missed in the time they've been gone? What might their life be like if they were still here? What would be possible for that person if they were still alive? Now, what if you were that person in the ground? And then this, and then he goes back. What what you do affects everyone. You may feel ir- irrelevant to that may f- sorry. What you what you do affects everyone. That may feel irrelevant to you now, but it's not. The people in the ground are valuable, they're irreplaceable, they're fragile, mortal, and human, just like you. And then here's the woman section at the end. The next time you notice his invincible mask, let him know how important he is to you and your family and friends. Tell him that you don't want to be at his funeral, whether from working himself to death or by jumping off a building with or without a parachute. He needs to hear from you that his life matters to you and that he's important and is neither invincible nor replaceable. Most important, he needs to hear that if he continues to be reckless, he'll end up either alone or dead. Set clear boundaries with him, letting him know you're here to love and support him, but not to enable his reckless stunts. Remind him you're there for him, but not to pick up the pieces when he breaks himself and everything you've tried to build together. And so that ties up the chapter that, at least for me, uh, can give a good summary of the way I work, and and I won't I, I I won't even veer to say that I won't continue to work like that. Just mitigate all the risks. And for me, I I feel like it's honestly 
it's more mental risk than I, than physical physical risk. And just trying to mitigate that. And you know, I've been working on a lot. And I, I feel good. I feel I feel really good uh, ment- mentally. I, I still I still feel good. But I know how my brain can get. You know, especially when I when I fall into uh, something that I like or uh, something that has my attention. Then I kind of you know dive in, all in, and go until essentially I can't. And I got to that point, and it's like okay, I need to, I need to figure out what my what my base is again. Get back to my foundation and go from there. So that ties up this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Best case scenario you can do is buy the book Mask and Masculinity. I don't get anything for this. All uh, the I'll put, I always put the Amazon link on on the show notes for the book. I don't get anything for this. It's just these are things that that uh, have caught my attention and uh, tie in with moving with life and the concept of moving with life, doing that, figuring stuff out, asking yourself questions, asking others questions, having healthy conversations, and moving together to achieve. I mean, achieve anything. It, it, right now, I'm I'm very broad, and I'll go into this next time. As, or maybe I will. Go, I, I don't know. I won't. I won't guarantee it, but. You know, I, I, lately I've been asking about my niche and different things like that, and maybe I can tie in a, a business uh, topic on that. But for now, it's like I've I've met older people that are I've met people that are older than me. I talked to my parents. I've met people that are younger than me, whether they're twenty one, whether they're twenty, whether they're sixteen, whether they're ten, and it's it at least what I have in mind and the questions that I try to bring up try to help those people that um, maybe are on the right path they just need a tad better question or maybe they're on a path they don't even like well okay let, let's get you out of there why 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 have why have you st- why are you still there and how can we get you out so again i hope you enjoy this episode and we will see you guys next week the quote i'm going to end with is at the beginning of this chapter and it is by miyamoto musashi no man is invincible and therefore no man can fully understand that which would make him invincible.